you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Ds. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that in a premeditated fashion and not in our pews on a Sunday morning. You can always catch up with a sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now you'll miss out on some stuff we think is pretty cool, like intergenerational community and support and encouragement that that brings. You might miss out on some good music and the kids being adorable during children's time. And you won't get any cookies or snacks, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts. We're not perfect preachers. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working, maybe coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So whether you're in your car or out running errands or out for a run with your AirPods falling out of your ears, we (laughs) hope that you will receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And we're serious about the open mind and the open heart. We really want you to think, to question, to have a conversation with people you trust, and to figure out who you are and who God is for you. But our sincere hope in the middle of all of that is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So trees. Trees. Trees? Really? Trees, Chris? Trees. So um, we're starting Lent. Lent is six weeks of prep for Easter, and it involves a lot of things. But one of the things that we're doing is self-reflection, and I'm doing self-reflection through the lens of not self-reflecting. Ooh, are you trying to trick people into self-reflecting? We are, well, we use any <laughs> any method and means that might come to mind. Um, <laughs> but no, we're, we're talking about trees because there's this really cool book out called The Hidden Life of Trees. I'll put a link to it on the website. And it, it makes trees seem human. Yeah. And I think maybe humans could learn from trees a little bit sometimes. Yes. And so we are doing that. We're going to look at the scripture, of course. We're going to use a self-reflection tool called the Enneagram to do some of the self-reflection work that I think we're called to during Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a book called The Road Back to You, which I'll also link. But we're using the image of trees. The image of trees. Okay. Throughout Lent. So this is the first mind-blowing thing that I have to share about trees. Okay. Trees, Lay it on me. Trees are not individuals. Trees in a forest setting are a super organism. Yes. They are all one thing. Mm-hmm. If there's a bunch of trees of the same species in the same stand, their root systems are all connected, and all, every tree works to keep every tree going. Mm-hmm. It's very important to them. And it's because they recognize that they need each other, because a tree on its own can't create an ideal ecosystem for a tree right. to survive in. So when trees are together, they actually form friendships. Huh. Isn't that strange? Well, it's fun to th- funny to think about it that it's way. It's funny to yeah. think about it. So they actually have friendships and you can see who they're friends with because if you'll see a stand of trees, they won't shoot out thicker branches towards each other mm. because thicker branches block more sunlight. Right. And so they will only stick out their thick branches away from the stand of trees. And they do that for two reasons. One, to protect the others from stealing their light. And two, because the thicker branches, the stronger branches block heavier winds, mm-hmm. which are a threat to the trees. Right. And so they, they sort of form these communities where they take care of each other. That's one thing that they do to take care of each other, but there's a lot more. So they sort of, it's, a, it's an image of sort of like circling the wagons. Yeah, they sort of circle the wagons when they're together. And because they're all connected through their root systems, they care for each other even when a tree is ill or something and it can't care for itself. Mm. 
So the author of this book was a German forester, is German, and was a forester for many years. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he saw this formation in the forest that he'd never seen before. And he went over and he like dug his knife into it to see what it was. And it was a stump that oh. was still alive Oh, after hundreds of years of being a stump. Oh, wow. Because the other trees recognized that it was in crisis and would send it food and mm. water and would take care of it. And so they'd kept this stump alive. Is that not a horrifying picture? <laughs> Imagine a leg right, right. <laughs> being kept well, alive. Well, I mean, but it, it, it is the but it is it is a really powerful image. It's a totally powerful image about how we care for each other mm-hmm. even when we're feeling broken. Yeah. So I want to tell you about some of the ways that these trees communicate with each other. Okay. This week. And then every week we'll have something new to learn about trees. Yay. Yay. So trees have all of these ways of communicating, and one of the first ways that they have of communicating is that trees have a sense of smell. Hmm. Trees have a sense of smell and can emit scent. Yep. And so you will see, uh, say you're on the African savanna. Imagine. Imagine. There's acacia trees. And there's a a little herd of giraffes coming along to have a snack. Oh, yum, yum, yum. And the giraffes start to eat the acacia leaves. Mm -hmm. After about 10 minutes, the giraffes will stop eating the acacia leaves. It takes trees a long time to communicate, but they're they're as quick as they can be. Mm-hmm. They send a message down to the root system mm-hmm. to say, we're being eaten by a predator. Send, send defenses. Send defenses. Yeah. And they send defenses. And the defenses that they send are these chemicals. It's specifically, it's ethylene. Mm-hmm. And ethylene makes the leaves taste bitter right. to the giraffes. And so then they have to send the ethylene back up to the leaves. So this is why it takes a while. And the giraffes but, will but stop. But think about the fact that 10 minutes is not that long a piece of time. For what we would consider an inanimate object. Exactly. To commit communication. With communication and, you know, defense system. Yeah. And so the giraffes will move on, but you'll notice they don't move on to the next tree. They, they have to go at least 100 yards away. And it's because at the same time that the tree is emitting this bitter chemical in the leaves, it's emitting a scent. And all of the trees in the surrounding area receive the scent and also start to emit the chemical ethylene in their leaves Mm -hmm. so it helps to protect not just a one tree but the entire stand of trees trees. that cool that's really cool all right we're not even close to being done yet all right so trees also have a sense of taste okay because they can tell from this the makeup of the saliva of the predator whether Mm -hmm. it's a giraffe or a bug or whatever Mm mm-hmm what kind of predator is attacking and what is the proper response? Oh, interesting. So if a bug is a munching on your leaves, you can tell by the bug's spit what kind of bug it is. And then trees will release a chemical that will attract by smell the, the predator, predator of, of their that. predator. Isn't that cool? That's brilliant. So trees will attract the bird that eats the bug that's eating them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so cool. All right. So <laughs> there's that. Trees have fungal networks that connect their roots, and fungal networks transmit messages a whole lot faster than root systems do. Yes, they do. They do. And so they use the fungal networks as their communication system. As like, and I love this guy, he calls it the wood wide web. (laughs) (laughs) So they send these messages to each other through these fungal networks. And in order to do that, they have to pay the fungal networks a certain amount of the water they take in. Oh, interesting. And so they'll give them like 30% of their water so that they can transmit messages back and forth and protect themselves from other predators besides drought. Fascinating stuff. And then here's the one I told people they would have nightmares about. (laughs) Trees can speak. 
<laughs> not can they speak like the ones in in not not like, like old mother willow and pocahontas or anything or like the ones in um the ents in no, the lord of the rings no um they've just finished saying good morning <laughs> it's no, three hours later <laughs> no the ones who talk in um in the wizard of oz oh i don't know the trees the talking trees uh, well in the wizard i don't of oz. know that they talk but they have eyes and i don't know anyway that's just what I said. Super creepy. Trees. Super creepy. Those are super creepy. Trees can talk. Trees actually scream. Mm. Trees emit a high-pitched noise that we cannot hear when there is a drought. When oh, they don't wow. have water, they scream their thirst to each other uh. to tell other trees to start to conserve water. Wow. So imagine the next time you go on a hike in the Sierra Nevada, <laughs> all of the trees around you are screaming. Right. Because <laughs> we've been in drought for seven years, eight years, something like that. Yeah, well, we've yeah. done a little bit better last year, but this year, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we've, we've got the drought is coming. So all of this, all of this means that trees in their natural environments in community have all of these ways of communicating with each other to protect against threats right. to their community. Does he talk, and maybe this, you can tell me if this is future future topic, but does he talk about the problems when trees don't have the ability to fight off a, an invader? Yes. Okay. There's like 39 chapters and this okay. is just one. Okay. I'm just make, I'm just yeah. curious because I'm thinking of like Dutch elm disease and stuff. Even in the six six weeks that we're going to be talking about this, we're not going to hit everything that... Obviously. I, he, he writes in a very dense way, but it's also highly humorous. Good. And there's lots of puns. I didn't know Germans were so funny. Uh, puns seem to be a very German thing, I yeah. think. Yeah. So anyway, so all this to say that when you see a tree that is by itself, mm-hmm. or perhaps a tree that is in a cultivated forest, mm-hmm. that don't age to the status of like old growth woods, right? they never learn how to talk to each other. Aww. They don't have enough time to mm. learn how to talk to each other. In fact, he compares them to like urchin children roaming the streets in Berlin, oh, um, who don't have the support network to learn sort of social cues hmm. and therefore violate all of the rules of being oh, a tree and being a tree in community. And so he says that they lose their ability to communicate and to listen and they become easy prey mm. for all Dis- of the things that we've and... talked about before because they don't have anybody around them to tell them the truth right. about themselves. Hmm. And now we come into Lent. Now we and now and now we are in the tree Lent. So our scripture is Mark 1, 9 through 15, and it's Jesus, and it's rapid fire. Jesus gets baptized, he goes out to the the desert, and within six verses is at work in ministry. He's preaching and teaching about repentance. John gets gets arrested and 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 he has to go to work. On his way. He's on his way. And in the book of Mark, there's this pattern, we're still in the first chapter, but there's this pattern of a word that repeats over and over again, Mm -hmm. which is the word immediately. Immediately. Mark is obsessed with immediately. And what I like about Mark is it's very short. So it's what we give to the confirmation kids to read. Right. It's the shortest one. It's 16 chapters. You can read it in about an hour, hour and a half sitting down. Right. If you're a slow reader like I am. And the reason that Mark says everything is immediately, immediately, immediately is because he says this is not the kind of work that will wait. Mm. He's trying to build in us a sense of urgency. Do this work now. Know that you are loved. Do the work of self-examination so that you can go out in the world and make a difference, make a change. And this is sort of the snapshot. These six verses is Jesus hearing that he is loved, willing to do some self-examination, and then willing to get to work. Mark keeps it brief, I told them, and so will I. Our job as human beings is to know that we're loved, do the work of self-examination so that we don't trip over ourselves when we go into the world to do the work God calls us to. 
which is to feed the hungry and visit the sick and bring good news and fight for justice and all of those things. Like we have to do the work of self-examination so we don't trip over ourselves when we're called to do the other stuff. Right. And so during Lent, we're working on self-examination. We're working on this, these communication networks that help us to pay attention so that we're not these urchin children, <laughs> these not these lone trees, so that we live together well in community and we can show people what loving community, the beloved community, community. as we call it, right. actually looks like. Koinonia is the Greek word. Right. And and this is so important because you can tell, uh, and we probably, many of us have experience when community has not learned to be community together. Where, yeah. where people, I mean... They talk about God's love and they give you dirty looks in the pews. What's right? that about? What's that about? You know, and th- there's also probably a metaphor in here around around being on a sports team, right? Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, you can have a star, but if they don't, if you don't work together as a team, it doesn't matter if you have a star. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and if you can't figure out how to communicate on the field... Then you're just... Everybody's doing their... They're running their own plays. Right. And nobody's going to actually be able and to work together to exactly. accomplish the goal. Accomplish the goal. Hashtag touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag... We, wrote, we watched the Super no. Yeah, No, we did not watch the Super Bowl. We didn't even watch the commercials. We didn't even watch the halftime show. I saw the one dance move that Justin Timberlake did in a GIF, the one with the mic stand. Oh. And somebody said that when he did that move, 47% of the people watching were immediately impregnated, <laughs> which statistically means at least 17% men. <laughs> it was a good dance move, but I heard everything else was pretty underwhelming. Yeah. I heard it was a good football game. Yeah. It was, anyway, yeah. I'll, anyway, enough about the Super Bowl. I invited people into this study that we're doing, this Road Back to You study. And mm-hmm. again, I'll put the book on there and there's a study guide that you can get. And you can do it alone or you can do it with a group. But uh, the idea is that insight is cheap. Ooh. That information is not the same as transformation. Mm. And so not only do we need to know ourselves and to be in community to learn about ourselves, we actually also need to be willing to make the changes that we need to make in order that we don't that we don't gag ourselves. We don't trip ourselves up by speaking one thing with our mouth and doing a different thing with our actions. Right. We're trying to get everything in line with each other. So we have to know our pitfalls. We have to know our weaknesses. We have to know the predators that might prey on us mm-hmm. so that we can also arm ourselves with defenses. Right. So that we can work better in community, so that we can care for each other, so that we can care for ourselves when we notice we're going down a bad road. Right. So knowing our type, knowing our personality, knowing our pitfalls is not the same as letting go of the unexamined ways that we relate to people that prevent us from living a fuller life in Christ. Right. And so that that's our work during Lent, mm-hmm. um, in, in our congregation at least, that we're not going to be the people who say, well, you just have to get used to it. That's just the way I am. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we're, no. All, we're all working on this together. We're all in community together. And we're all learning how to relax our grip on our image of ourselves so that we can see ourselves clearly and stop resigning ourselves to patterns that don't work. Yeah. So that we can try something new that might work. We can rethink. We can do the work that Jesus calls us to do. And evolving is work. It is. And if you're willing to do the work, even hard work, even uncomfortable work, hopefully it will also grow in you a sense of empathy and compassion for other people who are trying to do, do the work. work. And yeah. maybe you're not doing it perfectly either. Right. Right. So all of that to say every tree matters and every tree in that forest knows it. Every life matters. And I hope every person in our congregation knows it and that we're willing to do the hard work to be loving community so that other people can also find safe refuge. Right. um, And find a place to reach out in love as well. So that's our, that's our Lenten journey. Okay. 
And next week we'll talk about spruce trees and how they survive cold winters. Aww. And people who are angry, which includes me and you. Yeah. Yay. So very good. So thanks for listening to this Sunday morning sleep in podcast. If you have questions or stories, perhaps maybe, you know, something about trees that's not in the book and you need to tell Chris about it. Uh, you can shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on our website at sundaymorningsleepin.com. We will link to the books that Chris mentioned and to the scripture. And the scripture for this podcast is Mark 1, verses 9 through 15. And the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier. I had somebody ask me this week, they said, you're a priest, right? And I said, yeah. And they said, are you allowed to? And I said, okay, let me just. (laughs) Let's bring back to the definition. normal human being who can do all the normal things. (laughs) (laughs) And what that means is that because I'm a normal human being, I don't have magic words or I'd give them to you. I don't have magic words that will make you holier or automatically connect you to God. It's all of us have to do the work. Amen. And so I will not try to give you wise words. I will just remind you that the God who created all of your favorite things in the universe, including trees and forests, Mm. thought the world needed one of you too, and invites you to keep growing deeper into who you are. So this week, may you choose to live into your own skin just a little bit better, just a little bit better, just a little bit better by loving and listening and serving and seeking justice. Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving.